You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. Last one of 2022. Wow. 2022. Done. There you go. How was your year? It was good. Are you surprised that I said good? I know. Brandon's response to everything is, it's good. Like, we had the most delicious meal Last night, our friend took us for wow, yeah, that was life- great. Oh, that was really? Great. Oh, that really? Was really? Okay. The wagyu was it was great. Okay, that's an extreme response for Brandon. But every time we cook something delicious, he's like, "Yeah, it's yeah, good." He's it's good. not. You're not a pleasure to cook for. Well, you, you are correct. <laughs> you're not a pleasure to <laughs> eat with, not. Jess. No, I didn't mean it that way. But you know what I mean? No, There's, I get it. If, I, if I you do. cook for me or my family, we're like, mm, Oh my gosh, you guys are... You, so good. You're making noise while the food... You're like, mmm. Like, what is happening over here, man? But yeah, no, I, I generally respond with, yeah, it's good. Okay, so was this a good year for you? Yes, it was. Okay, and I'm asking that because there's some key findings that came out of the Ipsos Global Advisor Predictions Poll for 2023, and I want to look at some other predictions and talk a little bit about the topic at hand today, which is resolutions to revolutionize relationships in 2023 and beyond. But before they got to the predictions for 2023, they offered a very brief 2022 in retrospect, and 73% say... This year was a bad year for my country, which is down 77% from 21 and down from 90% in 20. So we're seeing improvement, although 73% saying this is a bad year for my country is pretty high. Uh, This is a global survey, by the way. And the range was from 44% in Saudi Arabia, so the most Mm -hmm. positive is Mm -hmm. the lower, Mm -hmm. to 87% in Hungary. And 56% across the globe say that this year was a bad year for me and my family, which is down Mm. only 2% from 2021 and down considerably 14% from 70% in 2020. So overall, we're still seeing negative perception. And in the predictions I'll go over in just a moment, we're seeing pessimism. But it's uh, all of those negative effects. Trending in the right direction. Exactly. So the negativity is trending (laughs) down. So I wouldn't say this year was a bad year for me and my family. I guess I'd fall into the 44%. Yeah, I, I would agree. I feel the same way i mean again perspective challenges like what are you up against but for me personally i i thought i had a good year for me and my family and there was some stuff that happened too Mm -hmm. yeah and 2022 for me flew by yeah i agree wow so yeah reflecting back now on the entire year it whipped by and maybe because there's so much happening globally like when you think back as to the news that hit at the beginning of the year it's hard to believe that it was a year ago i don't have a reference right now you can put me on the spot but i'm trying to remember you know, you know, major significant events that happened in January. Well, a February. year ago today, it was the big, was it Omicron breakout? Not today, today, but around Roughly this time, this time yeah, in a North couple of America. Weeks ago, yeah. yeah. And so in Canada, for example, things started to shut down in January again. People were kind of yeah, wow, not, not locked right. in, like you were always allowed out of your house, but uh, I think schools were closed and it was just headaches for, for parents and for people with kids at home and for people trying to do their jobs and just simply survive. So we're in a different place than that. Mm-hmm. in North America. And I know it's not the same for everybody around the world, but predictions for 2023. So obviously a lot of these predictions have to do with you know what's happening in the economy and expectations for the economy are expected to worsen in 2023. And the negativity toward prices increasing, toward inflation, toward interest rates rising, toward unemployment. So expectations that these things will fall in a negative direction are very, very high, very, very high. In terms of the environment, 65% of people expect more extreme weather events next year than this year. 57% 
percent think 2023 will be the hottest year on the record in their country, 45 percent expect a natural disaster to hit a major city in their country. Yeah, I don't think that's any surprise given the trend of weather. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. 48% think that it is likely, oh, I don't even know why I'm going here, but that a nuclear weapon will be used in conflict somewhere in the world in 2023. So this is 34% from last year. So And this feeling has increased by more than I think 10% in 25 of the 31 countries that were. Not surprising. Oh, followed in this study. Now, moving to something maybe a bit more interesting. Nearly half of us, 47%, expect a space rocket to be launched en route to Mars in 2023. What? <laughs> I'm just thinking, who's going to be on it? Can we send that can, guy on it? I was it? like, can we send? <laughs> Do we have a choice? Dude, who we there's a on few people rocket? I'd like to put on that ship. 39% expect space tourism service to offer moon trips to launch in, in this year. And 27 really? This is really interesting to me. 27% expect a brain implant to restore lost memories in 2023. What? I know. It's the future. I didn't do any research on whether how close we are to that. I mean, we don't even have male birth control. Now we can restore memories. You do, you, we do. You just cut it off. Oh, okay. Just, yep, just right <laughs> off. Listen, that's not my problem. I'm not <laughs> against it. So the interesting thing is the outlook for 2023, there is optimism that next year will be a better year than this year. That has actually fallen from 77% to 65% and it's at a 10-year low. So optimism that the global economy will be stronger next year has also fallen. Obviously, we see what's happening in the markets. We, we don't have to be real analysts yeah. to figure that out. So I don't know. <laughs> I start... Wait, let's start things off. I know. Right? I just thought I'd lift your spirit. <laughs> so I was thinking about what people are expecting for next year. And I'm curious what you are most looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to continued social gatherings and travel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to some new exciting work opportunities. Okay. I'm looking forward to spending time abroad. I'm looking forward to a lot of things. Some, yeah. And that's going to be a part of one of the resolutions we talk about. Yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to work. Like I just, I'm so happy to be back at work giving workshops and giving speeches. Um, that's super excited. And then more on a from a global perspective, I'm looking forward to see what kind of this next wave of activism brings because I think it's been simmering, we've been fighting, but there is a mainstreaming of justice campaigns and dialogues that I don't think we've seen before. And I'm just, listen, I don't even want to say I'm optimistic. I'm just hopeful that we see that, we see the fruits of that labor kind of come to fruition, put into practice spread to broader groups and that's kind of my hope for for 2023. I think it's happening. I think that I I can see more of it starting to show its head. I feel like But then we also see regression. Like a lot of yeah, the people who moved into important positions to bring new perspectives in media for example and I won't get into names but across the states and across Canada we've seen this kind of old guard come in and undo in a sweet in kind of just one felt swoop undo a lot of the positive changes. So I'm I don't even think I can say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm just hopeful that that's what we see. Well, I'm sure in the that a lot of year. those changes also, you know, they're, they're they're mastered the guise of you know layoffs as a result of economic hardships and things like that, as opposed to you know perhaps another agenda. There is another agenda underlying that, <laughs> right? And in my field, we also have some kind of trends on the horizon. So one thing we're really hoping for 2023 is better porn, more ethical porn, more people opting to pay for porn to ensure that the performers not only are paid fairly 
but have a voice and are doing what they enjoy doing so they can do you know enjoy the roles that they're playing just like other performers that we see on screen so I'm hoping for more ethical porn more people saying you know what I'm going to pay for my porn we see changes in health tech in the sexuality space as well like we see more options for at-home testing for STI testing we see a huge mainstreaming of sexual pleasure right every big box store is now carrying vibrators and this can be a good thing definitely there's more product flooding the market so there's going to be kind of the good the bad and the ugly and I do hope that people remember that their local shops have been selling and supporting you with these products for decades now for many many years in spite of the pushback in spite of you know neighborhood protests so hopefully we'll still go to the the little people i do like going to some of the local shops because the people that we engage with in those stores are so knowledgeable and they take the time and they explain everything to you as opposed to you know here up in canada a we went i think i was in shoppers drug mart or the equivalent of our walgreens or cvs and there were sex toys on the shelf now. And I think there were. And I'm not going to get the customer service there that I'm going to get at some of the small boutique shops. So I do appreciate that very much. That's a good point. And a lot of these boutique shops don't just stand for selling and profit. Yes, of course, they need to make a living and they need to turn a profit. But they've long been a part of justice movements related to reproductive rights and reproductive justice. And they've been gathering places for people who are trying to make change and and guide and drive these movements. I mean, if I'm going to put something buzzing in my butt or strapped around my penis, I want that person to know very well exactly what it's going to do and how it's going to do it. No offense, but if you were just stocking milk or working the cash register, I don't know that you necessarily have the expertise on that. Right. Well, actually, I remember this big campaign by, I can't remember, one of the local drugstores that didn't sell all the like additional items like cheese and milk and cameras and all that jazz. And they were saying, don't you want to get your prescriptions? Do you want to buy your prescriptions in the same place that you can buy mozzarella cheese or something like that? It was kind of in the beginning when these drugstores started becoming more like mini grocery stores. And I think we could say the same for vibes. Listen, I'm not against vibrators being in drugstores or in... In department stores, I think it's amazing, and uh, I'll be a part of it. But also, let's just remember the local shops while we're at it. Yeah, and I'm sure that there are also people in those big shops that know a ton about these you know, these toys. And really, everything. you think that's the onboarding training from Walgreens? No, I don't. But I'm just saying, I'm sure that there's somebody out there who will, you know, knows a hundred times what I know right. about sex toys and works at one of those stores. That's true. Okay, they're going to be the so, exception as yeah. opposed to the rule. All right, so I'm looking forward to 2023. I'm now regretting that I kind of went over that survey data, but I do think it's a reminder that no matter what's going on and no matter what other people are thinking and no matter what the predictions and what's going on in the markets as well, we have an opportunity to plan for the upcoming year and to have an outlook and to make our own resolutions. And you don't have to call them resolutions. They can be commitments or strategies or explorations or curiosities. But I've got seven simple, I'm calling them resolutions, you can call them whatever you want, for better relationships in the upcoming year. And the first one is to plan for pleasure. And what I mean by this is to plan your year from now. I don't mean you have to plan all the way to September, but start carving out time now for your relationships, for pleasure, for connection, for downtime, for non-work time, with friends, with family, with partners, with lovers, because we put so much effort into planning our work calendars, our kids' calendars, but not our own, right? And I think we 
wait for things to come up and then all of a sudden it's June and all you've done is work 60 hours a week. So I was talking, I've been seeing this in happy couples and I was talking to a couple the other day and asking them what their plans were for the holidays and they went on to tell me like about some of the fun plans they had for January, for February and for April. And I thought, oh, that's so cool that you've planned all the way ahead to April. And what she said to me was that she's, she said, if we don't plan ahead through the cold, miserable winter of Toronto, we kind of have nothing to look forward to or time gets away from you. Like her partner mm-hmm. runs a big company and she also works for herself. And so they they just need to carve out that time in advance. And it made me think of this other couple that I worked with a long time ago. And this couple was, they were hella busy. They were actually both CEOs. They were both super active in their communities. They had children. They were very, very socially engaged. And every single month they block one weekend with no commitments. So one weekend a month that is just for them. And if, you know, if you get a a wedding invitation for June and it falls on their weekend, that's fine. They'll go to the wedding, but they'll block a different weekend. And they, they commit to that from the very beginning. What does that weekend look like? Like what did they say what they do did they is it was it saturday morning to sunday evening is it friday to monday like it was what is it, it was starting friday night friday night mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. get in the mood well no and they might it might it might be just relaxing and doing nothing it might be going on like a little mini vacation it might be mm-hmm. that they're going hiking they were kind of outdoorsy mm-hmm. people you know europeans like to like be outside and mm-hmm. explore new things and they would go up to the mountains so just think about what you can plan ahead obviously people have different schedules different work expectations different resources but if there's any pleasure you can plan for your life do it right now and i was thinking about ours so we're with family now into january and in February, I'm super busy with work, but I'm hoping that my kind of speaking tour that lands around Valentine's ends before my birthday on the 18th, I'm mm-hmm. hoping, and we'll end up someplace nice together. In March, my dad turns 80, so there's going to be some stuff kind of planned around that. In April and May, I have bookings in different places, so hopefully I can add a day on and we can meet up or something like that. I have a request for a booking in Asia in June. What about my birthday? Oh, so your birthday, oh, I'm booked. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm booked. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon's birthday is February 12th and February, the week leading up, actually the two weeks leading up to Valentine's Day are my busiest time of year. So poor guy, I'm never around, but we can celebrate your birthday. We celebrate another year. In 2024. (laughs) (laughs) When are you turning 45? 2024? In a couple months. Oh, shoot. I don't even know your birthday. (laughs) Is 45 a big birthday? It it is for me. It is every year's a big no. Okay. I don't know. Let, really. Hang on. Now I'm going to look at my calendar and see oh, if it's... Oh, yeah. Let's let's free it up February. right now. Right now. No, I have um I have something on your birthday out of town. This is yeah. all I can do, babe. I'm yeah. sorry. This is, it's you can good. come, though. It's someplace really fun. Is it? And really hot. Then maybe I'll do that. I mean, everything is really hot in comparison to Toronto. But think about what you can plan ahead, whether it's like a dinner with friends or a weekend where you get to go into your goblin mode. You know that's my favorite word. Whatever it is that floats your boat. So number one, plan ahead. Number two, I've talked about this before, but I haven't talked about it in a long time. Can you commit to investing 60 seconds a day to connect and make your partner feel loved and adored and special? And we know that when you make someone feel important, when you make them feel special, they get this serotonin boost, right? You get a serotonin boost when you enact or receive kindness, when you laugh, when you socialize with loved ones. And we use it in business to try to draw customers in, right? Make people feel important. And so can you do this in 60 seconds a day with a favor that sort of surprises them or catches them off guard or makes them feel appreciated? So it might be a gentle hand massage. What are your, some of your favorite 60 second favors? 
Yeah, I mean, my go-to is the hand massage. Usually it involves massaging some part of your back or mm-hmm. your neck mm-hmm. or your feet. Uh, I find those easy. also like to do things like I'll make you a coffee throughout the day. It's easy. It shows you that I care. I love the 60-second favorite thing because to me, growing up, it was all about these magnanimous sort of, you know, things that you did for your partner. And it's like you did it once in a blue moon. These 60-second favors, it's just little bursts of, you know, little bursts to show that you care because you do. And then that you know, builds momentum over time, which I love. So anyway, coffee, massages. Bringing them fruit. I bring you a green juice, uh, cleaning off their computer screen, warming up their socks for them before they put them on in the morning. Warming up their bed with the electric blanket. I've already talked about this. Best gift ever. Yeah. He plugs in the electric blanket before I get up into the bedroom and it's just every day. I love being warm and I hate being cold. (laughs) And it just makes me feel, I squeal. Every day when I get in it now, I'm like, ooh, (laughs) it feels so good. I can't, I usually can't hear you because it's too cold on my side. (laughs) The cold blocks out. So any 60 second favor that you can do for them, like picking up a snack. Today I put in a chicken patty for you. Yeah, that was, that was great. So it's not like I cooked for you. I took the chicken patty that my mom put in my freezer (laughs) and I put it in the oven. It didn't even take me 60 seconds. But it was the fact that you did it. Right. Because I knew you were coming home from a meeting. And I was like, oh, I appreciate that. And yeah, I did. I appreciate it. It was, again, not discounting what you did, but it was a simple task and it really went a long way for me. So just think about what those things are. And if, you know, it might sound silly, but just write them down and then just kind of rotate through and you'll start learning what your partner likes and what they, you know, what they really appreciate. And then those can, you know, just kind of grow, grow that list. Absolutely. Like it could be a chocolate on their pillow. It could, (laughs) what? (laughs) What? Not, gonna leave something on your pillow. No, not a Hershey. <laughs> not a Hershey a squirt. Hey, babe, I left something for you on your pillow. <laughs> no, not that. Not that. It could be a love note where you just kind of take a sticky, and yeah. I like the idea of putting it in their purse or in their briefcase or putting it on their sun visor in their car so that when they open it up at some later time, they find it. Mm-hmm. Um, socks. If you take their socks and put them on the heating vent or on the radiator so they can put on warm socks in the morning. Any of these things will do. Super, super simple. So I would ask you to just think about can you, will you, is it worth it for you to commit one minute a day, every day in January, to making your partner feel adored? And this is the equivalent to me of dollar cost averaging. Rather than investing everything in the market in one minute, you're doing it every single day. And I think that these small daily interactions and gestures go so much farther than any grand gesture. I'm giving it my guarantee. I guarantee this will help. Does anybody value your guarantee? I guarantee, because no one cares what I guarantee. The Brandon stamp of approval. (laughs) It goes a long way. It It really does. It really is true. I think it's a big part of why we function so well. (laughs) Those 60 second favors. Here's here's another one. Here's another one. So resolution number three. So these are just suggestions, all right? This one involves warning your partner or another loved one when you're in a bad mood. Coming up with a signal or a code because so many problems occur because we just, we get in a mood, right? And then our partners feel responsible or we blame them because they're just there or we take the brunt of it out on them or they try to fix it when we're not ready or willing and we still want to sit in our bad mood or we get into this pursue withdraw dynamic in which we expect our partner to fix our bad mood, leaving the pursuer feeling, the person who's a pursuer feeling alone, the withdrawer feels inadequate. There are all these different dynamics that occur just because sometimes you're in a bad mood and I, I don't know. You usually tell me when you're in a mood, I and I kind of like it. I usually just tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in a bad mood. 
We could change it though if you like. I want to do, do a signal. Cheerios. It's a tongue wag. It goes like. <laughs> really? That's your bad news because that's going to make me smile. I like, I like that's that. That's what you have to do if you're in a bad mood. You have to go <laughs> to let your partner know. And this, I think that there are so many benefits to this on both sides, both to the individual and to the relationship. So when you say it, when you say, I'm, I'm in a bit of a mood, you acknowledge it. And just naming the moodiness can actually attenuate some of the symptoms, right? Being able to express it and not feel shame in it, because a lot of us grew up in families or had messaging reinforced around not being allowed to be in a bad mood, not being allowed to be angry hmm. or frustrated. So it's just... I think it's a really positive thing to say it, acknowledge it. Of course, your partner may be able to support you or soothe you or get out of your way, which is going to reduce tension and conflict um, in the relationship. And this this doesn't have to just be with partners. This can be with other family members, with roommates, with close friends. And then the third piece that's so important is that I think it gives us permission to be in a bad mood. And I think I know I need that because I'm a real like up person and I'm, I'm happy and I'm full of energy. And sometimes I just want to be sulky for a little bit. That's cool. And I don't I don't feel safe in all of my relationships to do mm. that. Like I definitely do with you, but I don't have many relationships where I feel really safe just being like, I don't want to entertain. I don't want to like tell jokes. I don't want to drive the conversation. I want to sit here and sulk. And that's that could be a cue for me. I could be like, hey, you feeling up for a hand massage? How about a little 60 second? <laughs> have a little, hey, hey, I left some on the pillow for you upstairs. <laughs> Why don't you go look at it? <laughs> I like how you take it all and make it sarcastic. Uh, sorry. I'm being serious. This is my serious face. <laughs> and then serious. and then I was thinking as an extension of warning when you're in a bad mood with a signal or a code like the I think what goes hand in hand with that is the resolution or the commitment of all of us to differentiate from our partners emotionally. And I think many of us are good at doing this with friends. Some parent-child relationships have difficulty with that emotional reg regulation and differentiating. But when I say differentiate, I mean don't take on your partner's mood. Commit to not taking on your partner's mood, not feeling responsible for it, and setting boundaries on what you can offer. So you can be in a really bad mood. And again, like I do, I feel the pressure to like try and fix it for you. But and it's not that I can't support you, but I shouldn't take on that bad mood. So this is different, though, just about from warning somebody that you're in a di different, like this is the next point, right? Number four. Okay. Sorry, I was just getting the two confused. Brandon has one job, which is to count the points this, in this, so in this what, conversation. Wait, hold on, back up. Which number are we on? Which numero, number? Numero cuatro. <laughs> numero cuatro. So, so we're on number seven. Yeah, yeah, and I noticed that sometimes around this time of year, because, you know, it's the holidays and there are more people around and there's just a ton of events and social and sometimes you're with people you're just loving to loving being around and sometimes it feels like you're with people that you don't love being around and really we can oh, no way. we can get really frustrated and i notice that we can kind of start complaining about it and then commiserate and then take on one another's moods yeah i, I definitely do the commiser the commiserating thing so well, i need to to stop well it can also feel good to commiserate it can feel good to know that yeah. someone <laughs> that what you're frustrated with feels legitimately yeah, the other person but when i say differentiate i mean that when I come in I'm, and I'm in a bad mood, you're able to function. I think that's a bit harder for you because you're used to me being happy. Yeah, it's definitely something that I, I struggle with and, and I'm, you know, obviously working on it right now, but uh, I do like the idea of, you know, coming in and you being like, blah, 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 right? <laughs> I want mine to be something cool too, like. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have different ones. I can only remember one new thing. <laughs> well, mine's awesome, so. Did yeah. I do it? Yeah, it was great. Okay, I'm going to stick with the tongue wag. Okay, moving on to number five. I was thinking that... Sorry, I've... sorry. What number? Number again? <laughs> Which number are we have? Cinco. <laughs> uh, I was thinking that it would be fun to just share a new fantasy, a resolution to just commit to sharing something that you haven't ever shared before. Mm. Right? 
feel like you already have something in mind. I do. I'm not really? sharing. Yeah, but I'm not sharing it right now. Oh. I'm not. Listen, I'm I'm telling you how to do it. I'm not going to actually show you mm. because. Given my sexy eyes that because, no one can see right now. Because it's embarrassing. Okay. Even better. <laughs> I don't. I won't feel embarrassed with you, but I'd feel embarrassed with everybody else. Well, so then that's our little secret. <laughs> Lord, help well, me. I'm waiting for you to <laughs> Now I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> Brandon has put me in a bad mood. Yeah, so I just want you, I'm encouraging you to think about talking about something, like something you've seen on TV that made you hot. Go back and listen to the fantasy podcast, which wasn't too long ago. But if there's something you've never told anybody about, tell a friend or tell a lover. Tell somebody who consents to hearing it, obviously. Good good idea. And then number six, numero seis, Brandon. I got it. I got it. We're <laughs> okay. Good. Involves doing a weekly probe. Whoa, hold on. Really? To learn something new. Amazing. Yes, do a weekly probe. So I was thinking that it would be, and this is something that I've done with couples in the past, where once a week you each come up with some sort of a question that will lead you to learn something new about them. And so that's great in a new relationship, but it's also, I think, exceptionally useful in a long-term relationship. Mm. Um, To have a conversation that's new and different, and we talk about this all the time, I've talked about the dark triad of mundanity in relationships involving when your conversation becomes reduced to your work, your family, and your schedules. We have to change the conversation. So if each of you, you can just Google it, like interesting questions to ask my partner to (laughs) seem interesting to them. (laughs) You were gonna be a dog. What kind of dog would you be? Oh, I'd be a big dog. Would you? Yeah, a big dog that people would snuggle. Oh, nice. Would you be a small dog so you could go in a purse? Uh, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd probably have to write it down to think about it. That's what I'm going to come back as. Okay. Come back as a dog. I just want to be clear that is not the type of question I was suggesting, I know, but I'm, I like mine, it. Yeah. I was thinking more, for example, um, what do you miss most about the first year of our relationship? Hmm. I was thinking, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? Well, I won't answer that now. I know. that's. Will you answer my question, though? What do you miss about the first year of our relationship? Uh, I miss the spontaneity of things Mm. where... You know, you'd be out. We'd be we'd be, we'd go out, and then it was like, "Hey, do you want to go to this? I don't know, not after hours. You want to go to another bar? You want to go do this? You want to go? You know, during the day? Do you want to go? Let's go away this weekend. I mean, I guess we kind of do that still, but there was just there wasn't as much structure, there mm-hmm. was much routine, mm-hmm. so things were everything seemed like a surprise hmm. at first. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I I'm you know captain structure. But I'm so surprised to hear that because I feel like all I do is disrupt your routine. Yeah, I I like it. I do. I think in the moment I, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I like this. I'm not in a good mood. But no, I I do remember just, uh, you know, you'd be going somewhere and then like, you know, let's just go right and go, you know, go down this road instead. Or let's go here, do this or do that. Oh, so you liked pre-Google Maps timing. Oh my God. Yeah, I did not like that. You get lost all the time. And, you know, even that can be fun. And with me, you always end up in an alleyway. Like 100%. wherever we go in the world, I make we walk really, really far distances. Always in a dark alley. I remember this time Somebody I was coming, approaching I was in, from the rear. I was in Mumbai by myself, and I took a walk. I was, of course, you the did. The map took me all down, down alleyways, but there were lots of people around. Yeah. Yeah, I did not blend in. There you go. So I don't know if it was a good idea. Okay, so you miss you miss the the spontaneity. I'm not sure what I miss. I think I miss we didn't do as much. Like we are constantly on the go now. Yeah. There are so many, I guess, commitments, but mostly like I find them very fun. And, you know, I like to be I like to be what most people would consider overcommitted. But back then we 
we would stay in bed really late because we worked in the bar. Mm. Like we would get up at like one, two. <laughs> yeah. Weekdays you wake up at like four. But we wouldn't get home until 4 a.m., 5 a.m., right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not 5 a.m., but we'd go. You like used four. You used to work overnight in a club where yeah, you would get off yeah. the shift at, at like, like 8 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I remember the sun would be coming up and you'd be yeah, coming I had home. I'd put my gold shorts away and then <laughs> come inside. He worked in these little gold booty shorts on his very first shift at Fly Night Club. That's right. They were like, here's your outfit. <laughs> and I was like, let's do this. Brandon, and I did not bring the right shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they were tiny, too. They would have fit me. <laughs> like, I don't know exactly what to say to that, but yeah. Okay, Thank you. Sure. sure. <laughs> Yeah. So that's sort of what I miss. Anyhow, so that's an example of a question, but it could be anything. You know, we've done previous podcasts where we focused on questions that you can ask your partner for intimacy, questions you can ask to reignite the sparks. You can use use those as well, just one at a time, once a week, no pressure. It's like a couple minute conversation. And hopefully I can tell you, for example, for us, we won't burn your ears with it, but it's going to lead to more conversation. Yeah. Even that, just, you know, a few minutes. That was fun. Had a couple laughs. Remembered your gold shorts. Remembered my gold shorts and, you know, watching Law & Order reruns. Well, we're still doing that. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> only with, with commercials. Yeah, no commercials anyway. anymore. Well, my biggest regret, because I think another great probing question is like, what's your biggest regret from college? Or what's your biggest regret from your teenage years? Hmm. My biggest life regret is that we don't have those gold shorts anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we could find some. Go Google pictures. Brandon wear bartender gold shorts. Really? I don't think there are any of those pictures. No, because there weren't camera phones back then. <laughs> because I'm 90. But there are other pictures out there. Yes. Because you were a model. Brandon was a model for Woody. So if anybody knows the old you know, program. This podcast, you're just giving away all my secrets, <laughs> Is man. Is it okay? I'm talking about my left nipple. Do you want me to cut it? About, no. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I'm proud of that. That was good fun. So there was a bar called Woody's, or there is a bar called Woody's on Church Street here in Toronto. And that I think they did a bunch of filming for Queer as Folk there. And Brandon was a model. I'm sure we've talked about this. You were paid dozens of dollars. I made many. I, I easily, I think I made like 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still using the pictures. They're very sexy. If you, can, if you can go to Woody's in Toronto and see those pictures, it might be worth your while. Also, Mind it's you, a cool you might not recognize me anymore because it was many, many years ago. No, man, you look the same. Yeah. You honestly look the like same. Like 20-something years ago? Yeah. Anyway. You look the same. I mean, obviously, you look older. Oh. Those are signals for bad mood, not signals for triggered. <laughs> we have to come up with different signals. I just want to make noises. Yours, that Your noise is so annoying. Uh, it's awesome. Okay, finally, we move on to number seven, Brendan. Numero siete. Got you it. Have it. Got, you it. got it. Numero dos. No, not numero dos. Reduce technoference so oh. seventh resolution is there something you can do to reduce the interference of technology in your life in your relationships and this applies across the board whether you're single or partnered whether you're monogamous or consensually non-monogamous we know that technology can enhance relationships but it can also take a toll on connection on trust on compassion on affection on attraction, on all of the things that we're looking to nurture in relationships. And we did a podcast on technoference not too long ago on strategies to reduce technoference. So you can go have a listen to that if you're interested in, in exploring more. And I think that in that interview there or in that 
conversation, we did an interview with one another to gauge how we feel about the role of technology in our lives. And I think it can be really useful. So just think of one thing you can do as a resolution to change the way technology potentially interferes in your life, in your happiness, in your health, in your relationships. So it might be that you stop taking your phone into the bedrooms. It's my favorite. On the week. We never take our phone into the bedroom. I've committed to stop. Now, again, we don't take our phones into the bedroom. We do have an iPad that we watch. <laughs> four shows inch, a four-inch iPad. A but we don't. But we, I don't check my email on it. I don't check my, my messages, anything. I've turned off all the notifications. Mm-hmm. And it really helps big time. And now I'm in, it's just a habit. I, my phone doesn't go in the bedroom. It just goes in the office. I noticed that you don't seem to check your email first thing in the morning. No, I don't. That's a really good habit. I don't have that habit. I immediately wake up to my email. Yeah, no, I... Super I, important, so I need to... <laughs> no, I wait at least it's a terrible six habit. minutes before I check it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I do wait. And you know what? Even if it's 20 or 25, 30 minutes after when I start checking, I don't. I also make a habit of not responding. That's the other thing I noticed. You don't respond to emails right away. Like you sit, you have your coffee, you read the paper, but you're not on your emails. I have the, I don't want to say it's a bad habit, but my habit is that I immediately respond to emails. My problem is that as soon as I start responding, you know, there are other people who might be up at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're going to start responding, you, you generally expect a response. So I've just gone to the habit of saying, you know what, I'll read the email, I'll leave it unread, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to respond. And, you know, I'll, I'll get to it when I, you know, when I'm going to start my, my day. I would say overall, I'm definitely an offender in terms of technoference. Like I like to be on my phone. I've mentioned before that if we're in a restaurant, obviously, if we're at a table, I don't check my phone, but I can't wait for him to go to the bathroom so I can check my phone. She's like, <laughs> I think you pathetic. need to go. I think you should go. I'm like, you Here's should go some wash more water. Your hands. more water. <laughs> So I do have a little bit of a a draw toward it that I have to be mindful of. One thing I'll say is over the holidays, we were kind of at event after event after event, and I wasn't checking my phone. And it was super weird to come back and, you know, WhatsApp is all full up with messages. And I I had to apologize to friends. And I didn't know if they believed me that I wasn't checking my phone because they're used to my response being a little too immediate. I'm actually thinking uh, this year, and this doesn't sound like a big deal to, to a lot of people, but to me, I'm thinking about throwing my phone in the safe. Uh, while we're away oh. for not the whole day, but just blocks of the day oh. and putting it away for four or five hours at a time just okay. so I don't check it. That's smart. So I'll just keep my iPad close during those times. Do you know what I did the other day for Instagram because I was on Instagram too much? I moved it off of my home screen into a folder and it actually deterred me from opening it because I think the either compulsion or the drive or just the mere act of reaching for my phone and pressing on the Instagram icon is so natural. But because I had to think about where it was because I didn't know where it was. You caught yourself, yeah. I would catch myself and be like, you don't need to go on Instagram right now. And then my fingers started remembering like this folder swipe twice, bottom right. So I have to move it again. I just set mine on uh, like a, a time limit as to how much time and then it shuts it off. And you can still go on it's just a reminder like hey man you've been on here for 15 minutes today or whatever so do you really you know it's just a little nagging voice in the back of my head that's like maybe you should do something else i have that 15 minute warning as well how often do you ignore it ignore Ignore for today ignore for today it's just one barrier (laughs) it's just one barrier it's just one button i gotta push i I don't even know what i'm doing on there but uh, just think about technoference we're obviously thinking about it and yeah i'm thinking that i want to minimize social media use and I think it's a great time right now for the next few days over the over the holidays while things are a little bit slower to maybe I'll stick my phone in the safe with yours do it okay who's going to know the password though somebody needs to know the password I, I think I'll remember the password oh, to no, the I, safe yeah but then we can get it mean? oh I thought you meant you were going to lock it in and not know the password well, who would know the password <laughs> to the safe it's like we need some special person to come over no like my cousin or something yeah no I'm not taking it that serious okay because no. also we know my no. cousins won't remember it there's only sure. one responsible one yeah no. Okay, we got a lot of things to work out. So to recap, we've got these seven simple resolutions. Hold on. Numero 
uno. Número uno, plan for pleasure. So kind of carve out anything fun you can look forward to, whether it's, you know, relational or whether it's about something that you've been dying to do. Number two, can you commit 60 seconds a day to connect and really make your partner feel special? Number three, can you warn them when you're in a mood? <laughs> can you make a commitment to not taking on your partner's mood and really making an effort to differentiate emotionally because that can lead to happier individuals as well as happier relationships. Number five, will you share a deep, dark fantasy that involves an oak tree? That's mine. That's all I'm telling <laughs> you. Yes, I'm not telling you more. I'll tell you later. Number six, will you do a weekly probe to learn something new about them? And number seven, will you just think about one simple way to reduce technoference in, in your life? And that's it for 2022. That's a wrap on 2022. Wow. Bring Happy? on 2023. Bring on 2023. If any of you happen to be shopping over the holidays, I have a new partner with a new discount code, lovehoney.com. And if you're in Canada, it will redirect you to lovehoney.ca. If you're in the UK, it'll, and if you're in the U, it, it will do the same thing. But Love Honey is an amazing company. They are the sexual happiness people. I've been working with them for ages. In fact, they sponsored the first season of my television show Intimately You. I guess it was earlier this year. Yeah, just earlier this year. And they have an amazing range of beautiful products from stuff that's really accessible to things that are a little bit more high end. They had the advent calendar that went mm -hmm. viral over the holidays and like sold out in a day. They've got really cool stuff, including the 50 Shades line. They have lingerie in all sizes. Um, so you can go check them out. Love Honey. And you can save 10% with code Dr. Jess. 10. So slightly different than all the other discount codes that are just Dr. Jess. It's Dr. Jess 10. So do go check them out. And you may be listening at the very end of the 2022, or you might be already into 2023. Maybe your first priority isn't listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast as soon as it's released. But I do hope that 2023 is full of peace and love and happiness and prosperity, however you define it. Amazing. I'm looking forward to 2023 and beyond. That was my ending. Just and kidding. I'm gonna stop. Just kidding. No. <laughs> All right, folks. Happy, happy new year. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.